This is Recovery Revolution Live. The episode you're about to listen to is live and unedited. If you'd like to join us on the live stream, you can find us on Facebook and YouTube. Facebook.com slash Recovery Revolution 100 or search Recovery Revolution Live on YouTube. Nice. We got I like that lounge dubstep intro. That was uh (laughs) that was compliments of Carl. He uh Ah, big up. He gave that to us before he disappeared. There we go. (laughs) It slams. Yeah. (laughs) The lounge dubstep though. It's a new genre. Hell yeah. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Recovery Revolution Live. The special guest, DJ Kelly Reverb. What's up, brother? How are you, man? I'm great. Wonderful. Well, thanks for having me on, guys. I appreciate it. I just like, it's funny. I'm, I'm finding out there's this whole other world outside of my little bubble. <laughs> Ain't that the truth, man? Yeah. And it's bigger and bigger than we ever knew. Yeah. Yeah. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Well, I am DJ Kelly Reverb, and I am an RSPS, which is a recovery support peer specialist. Uh, I'm in Dallas, Texas. Uh, big up, Cowboys. Uh, and then I, uh, I also I, I do a webcast on, um, on recovery as well, and it's called This Pink Cloud. And do it uh, every week and uh, growing and uh, meeting new friends. Uh, from the whole podcast world. Awesome. And then still just dropping beats and doing all the DJ stuff. I do uh, EDM, and uh, that is electronic dance music. And everybody, if you want to hear my stuff, you can check me out on SoundCloud, uh, just under Kelly Reverb. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Tight. Maybe he can make us a fucking custom song for this. I'll make you Yeah. Intro. I'll drop an intro for sure. Nice. Dude, we were talking about that like a month ago. Like we kind of on the live, we said if anybody out there that watches this, like is a professional musician, like we'd love to have if you would contact us, if you'd be willing to maybe like make us some original music, because we fumble around, especially with the closing shit. Mm. And we're trying to find something that like AG likes. You don't like my 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 rap that I play at the end? I love it all, but I'm not picky. <laughs> I just like music. But, you know, you were saying that they're kind of like uh, generic like uh, beats or something something like that that you can use. Right. Uh, I, don't, I don't want the stream to get shut down for copyright infringement. Right, which so that's why we were talking about we got to get somebody to compose something uh, yeah, yeah it's funny because i actually use my own music on my podcast so. hell yeah <laughs> there you go Take why wouldn't you yeah right <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude that'd be dope i wish i was like talented enough i'd write something but i mean i got this little funky little i don't know what this thing's called i could make it a song it. Like is that some is that like from star wars is that like <laughs> is that like from called. from the uh, cantina band yeah, it's very similar <laughs> to that yeah but you can like 
What the H? All right. I mean, wow. I got I, I got that's the fun. yeah I got the intro <laughs> lock, man. Dude, that's sick. <laughs> that wow, I don't even know why we bell. Were... We don't. Yeah, we, I got this, man. And it's front and center too, just in case. Just you right. need the uh, timeout. No, we. That was a whole thing too, man. I told him you need a stand for that so people can see it. It'll be more dramatic. Yeah, because it, it used to be off screen, and then Jason was like, "It needs to be in frame." I'm like, okay, gotcha. It was well, a good idea, wasn't it? It was. I love it. When you go for it, I know it's coming. I'm like, there he goes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to start tuning in on the reg now that I know about it. So. <laughs> We definitely have some some quirky things we do. We got we got some different some different stuff we throw in there. Some okay. throwbacks, right? <laughs> well, so how long how long is the show? By the way, is it an hour? However uh, long we however really, long we feel really like going. Set, yeah, it's not really a set length. Okay, cool. I didn't know if we needed to stretch it for content or get it all in there. <laughs> Cram it in. Yeah. Right. Start, nah. re- start repeating stories. We, we've varied, you know. Right. Some of them are a little shorter. Some of them are freaking like, two, what was the two and a half hours? And yeah, so I mean, two and a half is the record. I think we need to just, uh, each one of us break each each other down and get a like an Oprah moment out of each of us. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know what that looks like. Yeah, right. You'll have to guide it. All all three hosts crying. That might happen. (laughs) Is this for recovery? Yeah, right. (laughs) It is. We're 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 warming up. Sorry, we're retarded. Um anyway, so Kelly, man, what yes. What's your story, dude? Like, how did you end up getting involved with recovery? What took you there? Uh Basically, it was the, uh, you know, I was a DJ, so that has uh, what I call occupational hazards, mm. uh, like people maybe expect you to drink and, uh, and also give you free alcohol. Uh, that is one of the perks of the job. And uh, I started DJing back in, get this, 1988, um, and I was like 17, 18, drinking for free. Uh, life was good. And uh, so I, I basically kind of did that and, and uh, actually started producing some music, uh, actually got pretty well known with that, and then started traveling and, uh, you know, to the where I'm flying first class and, you know, on the plane with, uh, with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sitting next to me. Wow. <laughs> and stuff like that so uh it was it was definitely uh, i like i said on brett's show is uh alcohol for me was the ultimate slow play uh you know as far as nickel and diamond uh it 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 wasn't a problem until it was a problem uh i i also had really bad anxiety attacks when i would fly so of course I found my solution with alcohol. Mm. And then, of course, the drinker's companion, which uh, is also called nose beers, uh, <laughs> <laughs> which is sugar. the old cocaina. Um, sugar. <laughs> yeah. 
And then I'm trying to start that the uh, the nose beers. That's uh, going to be the uh, new new term. Yeah, I never uh, heard that before, but I think <laughs> I'll use it. I'll use it with my feel friends. Feel free. Feel free. I'll, um, I'll let people know where it came from too, man. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, so just kind of a tandem uh, of of all those kind of extracurricular things you would think a DJ would do, but really the one that got me and, and the main thing was the alcohol, uh, where it became habitual every day for an extended amount of time and just couldn't stop it on my own, you know? So. Right. Yeah, I feel that. Yeah. So how did you end up finding hope? Like what made you think that you could stop? Well, I went to the, uh, I did the 12 step route um, and certain things of it worked, certain things didn't. Um, but it, eventually I went to uh, just rehab and did the old 30 days of uh, sobriety there. And then, uh, and then I got out. Well, actually, when I went in, just so everybody knows how bad it was, I was full on diabetic um, and I was about 230, um, which is about 30 pounds heavier than I am now. Um, so I was full on diabetic uh, and went in and just in the 30 days of, of not drinking, I got to wean off of insulin and, uh, and then eventually get off metformin and all the other fun stuff that goes with diabetes. Um, but it was, it, you know, I, I had that little bit of window of clarity as well. And I, I had it and I was like, I wanted to go, I was going to go in and just pump the brakes. But then while I was there, I heard too many cautionary tales. And I was like, well, why not just rock the sober thing for mm -hmm. a while? And uh, see where it takes us. And now I'm uh, two years and some change. Nice. So, you know, I, I can't. Uh, it's like I always do the pros and cons list. And I tell that to people out there, uh, you know, that are trying to get sober or have somebody in their family uh, that maybe, you know, wants to get sober. Just do a pros and cons list and uh, see, see what outweighs what. And I guarantee you. You're gonna have it's gonna be a one sided thing. It's gonna be, uh, I like to get fucked up, you know. I know by, <laughs> the, well, by the way, I don't know if we can cuss. Yes, you too. I just can. did. Do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man, that's true. At least, hopefully, it's true. I think it would be a matter of perspective, right? Like, I mean, it, depending on a person's perspective perception of their situation in life you know they may be like you know well if life sucks this bad then i would rather be high or drunk you know but mm -hmm. i mean at the same time if you if you've had a little bit of time to clear the fog and you know get that buffer space where you can start to look at things with a clear mind uh and that's cool that you were you were clearly uh, broken to some extent if you were humble enough to actually like consider the possibility that maybe these people you're listening to were onto something right, you know, yeah. and, and follow some suggestions maybe instead this of a little ghost of uh christmas future here you know yeah because <laughs> like with me it was like no nah, i'd i'd always think that it wouldn't happen to me you know or i'm, I'm smarter faster better stronger 
<laughs> of course. Mm-hmm. I'm not that bad. <laughs> right. Yeah. I did the compare not... game a lot. Like, look, well, look at these, look at these people. I'm not as bad as them. All right. I'm not I'm not homeless yet, mm-hmm. you know, or some or something like that. But I was I was definitely uh, bridge shopping, if you will. Yeah, I was to that point. And I because obviously we don't want to be told what to do because nobody likes that. Right. Right. And and then um, but I am glad that uh, I just took it day by day after I got out. I found my tribe and um stuck with them and and then also uh have some built-in accountability with the podcast and yeah and all that good stuff that's huge honestly i i will say that i mean but it's funny too because like for me you know i think our listening audience like our regular listening audience uh there's a few of them that i connected with you know, and then it was like, I personally knew the people I was accountable to, but like the people I was tight with weren't listening to the show, you know? So, right. The people but, that needed it weren't listening. Right. But <laughs> I knew, I knew that people were listening and that meant something to me. And then I think too, like with our show, we, we used to do topic episodes and when we would do those, we would have a segment where we would play voicemails that our listening audience could just call this voicemail line and uh, talk about their experience with the topic. Right. So then we had a segment at the end of the show where we would play these voicemails and, you know, you get a lot of recurring callers, the same people calling in and always with these amazing things to say. And you really start to feel like you're like getting to know them personally, Mm -hmm. but dude, it was, it was extremely helpful for me, you know, even before starting to podcast, just finding the power of accountability. But that's like takes it to another level, man, when you especially if you're trying to connect with your audience, like you you don't want to let them down, you know? Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, I always like to say never say never, but it's just. I, that pros and cons thing just works for me, man. And I can't, I, I really, I, I haven't uh, come up with maybe two pros <laughs> that I, I enjoy getting fucked up. And then uh, it makes me comfortable at that time. Right. And that's about, that's about the only pros I got. Makes me comfortable in my own skin, which I, I love challenging myself now and feeling the discomfort and being awkward without it awkward awkwardly sober (laughs) hell yeah yeah because the more you do that then the the more comfortable it becomes sure you know the less awkward it will be over time that's true well and and in my profession being a dj it's tough because you're used to doing that pre-game the 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 tailgate party and uh and then of course you tailgate during the event as well but it, it's it was really tough for me to to fight that urge because i'm like i've got the devil and the angel going you know oh you can have just one kelly and then, mm. <laughs> then, yeah. you know but <clears throat> like i said that that cautionary tale that i've heard so many times is really what 
what the inspiration is for me to to keep going and to keep staying sober and to not not relapse yeah yeah so maybe you could tell us a little bit more about that moment of of you getting to the place where you were ready to go to rehab and the events that led up to that because obviously if our, if our life is going well and things are smooth and we're you know we're we're doing you know we're, we're crushing it like we're not looking to go to rehab so obviously there were some things going on in your life that led to that moment where it's like i i probably need to go to rehab right well th there was obviously the the constant uh prodding from my wife like and I, I, I so many times i would just say no i've got it and i can dial it back i can do this myself i've got it you know completely under control uh like we all think we do um and then there was just that one window where i said okay i'll go but you have to set it up and all of this stuff but i mean it got to be where i mean okay so first off blacking out at dj gigs that started to happen semi-regularly, uh, which most people would use that as, uh, maybe see that as a problem. Of course, I didn't. Um, and then just, uh, God, I'm just, I, I like other things. Like I would, I had sleep apnea. So I would wake up uh, in the middle of the night, uh, basically like I was aspirating. Um, and I would just be at a level 10 anxiety attack. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, and I didn't realize that alcohol, I, it would fix your anxiety, but just for so long until you needed more, until you needed, uh, another fix, so to speak. Um, but you know, there, so it was, it was blacking out, you know, and my wife was worried about my health, um, as far as as you know is she going to come home and find dead kelly you know yeah yeah so. and one of one of the analogies that i've heard for alcohol and it makes so much sense is is comparing it to a credit card like it you you can use it temporarily like you can get that instant gratification you can get that thing that you want but eventually that bill comes up and you got to pay that money back plus the interest and alcohol is the same way like it'll temporarily take that pain away or that anxiety or whatever it is that we're trying to escape but eventually we're going to sober up and then we have to deal with whatever it was that we were trying to escape from plus additional compounded, you know, uh, whatever we might've done when we were drunk or sure or high, you know, we gotta, we gotta deal with all those consequences and the repercussions. Well, I was lucky to, to not have any DUIs or anything like that. So I was very fortunate, uh, but they also invented Uber. So, <laughs> so that was a good thing. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely, uh, it was a scary place to feel like you might choke, like you were drowning and you might die at that point. So my only thing to do was to take, uh, you know, a little benzodiazepine and uh, chase it with uh, a water bottle, much like this, uh, full of vodka. Uh, and just uh, and then and, and then eventually calm down and be blacked out for 14 hours. Mm. Mm. Yeah, uh, that's wild, man. So that's basically why I went to rehab uh, because 
you know, not just the diabetes. I mean, it was compounded and, and it was just, it was no way to live. It was no way to do the bottle shuffle. I'm sure we're all alcoholics or, are well aware of the bottle shuffle. You got to keep the, you know, you got to keep the supply coming in and then you got to dispose of the, uh, the soldiers when they're done. And uh, it's, it becomes a job really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about and trying to, trying to make it appear like you still have the same amount or you're not oh, yeah. drinking as much as you oh, are. So you got to get the same and stuff. Then, and then and of course it. going to, going to uh, the, uh, the liquor stores, you have to have three different liquor stores because you don't want any of them thinking that you're an alcoholic. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's the funny part to me. It's just like how I, I'll go to appear to the guy at the liquor store to, I don't want him to think, that I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can remember. I can remember walking into a liquor store once, and and they called me by name, and was like, "Oh, that's not good. We're on a first name basis." When you start having small talk yeah. with the guy at the liquor store, yeah, maybe. Uh, mm-hmm. There might when you're be, on a first a name basis, yeah. <laughs> when they know what when they know what you like, and they're like, "Oh yeah, hey, we just got a new case of you know whatever." Uh, right. In. Oh. That's funny. Yeah, not good. Not good. So then obviously you 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 went to rehab, you got cleaned up. Mm-hmm. And then Shout how- out Summer Sky and lovely Stephenville, Texas. And so then how do we transition to RSPS recovery podcast host? Where how do we get to that point? I I got out and then um you know, when you're, when you're a noob, how excited you are to be sober and be out of that prison. I mean, at least for me, it was. And then I, uh, uh, my sister was actually doing a podcast at a studio called Studio X, which is in Frisco, Texas. And I was like, hey, somebody should do a, uh, you know, a, a, re- a recovery podcast. And uh, I was like, how about me? And so I, I had a free place to shoot. And so I was like, oh, I'll start doing that. And then I, as far as the RSPS goes, uh, it was just something you wanted to do to give back. So you could, it's, it's actually a state license that you get. And it's actually Medicaid billable and all that kind of stuff. But it was just something that I wanted to do to be able to, give back and to be properly trained uh, as a, so a, a quote unquote recovery coach. Um, so these were all things that I wanted to do to help destigmatize um, and, and to help, help others. And, and, you know, with whatever little bit of maybe fame I have, if I can use that to maybe help somebody else out, um, that was what it was all about for me. And, and if somebody that was successful, um, as I was, can have a problem, anybody can have a problem. And it was just, uh, it just felt like the right thing to do. It was, it was just the right thing to do for me. And, and God put it in, in my heart and just, I, I, all I had to do was just, uh, just follow that, uh, voice in my head. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's an important thing to, to mention. And I mean, 
I think we all kind of know it because we see celebrities going to rehab and, you know, but, but addiction doesn't discriminate, you know, it can happen to anybody and there's just, you know, it doesn't matter where you come from, what your background is. How well, like I say, like have. some of my, some of my best friends now in recovery are heroin addicts, which mm-hmm. I'm like, I would totally not think so. And I would go, Oh, well, heroin people. Oh uh, yeah. They shoot up. And I'm like, they're some of my best friends. Yeah. Yeah. You never know. Well, I'd love if you could tell us a little bit more about the podcast. If people that are watching are interested in finding out more, maybe you could kind of tell us what it is, what it's about when you air, just kind of give us the breakdown on that. Maybe the name okay. as well. Uh, yeah. I mean, we air every Friday and I'm on anchor. Uh, so that's an aggregate that actually puts it out to all the major streaming platforms. Uh, and then I also do uh, a YouTube channel. And if you just go to thispinkcloud.com, uh, it will take you there. And obviously, please subscribe. Uh, trying to get to that 700 mark. Oh, yeah. And you, I think I sent you the QR code, too. You did. Just yeah. in case somebody's old school and on. There we go. The Mickey Mouse hands. <laughs> nice. But, yeah. So, um, I... I uh, you know, like I like I said, I'm a fan of of the twelve steps and, and the rooms, but I don't think that's necessarily a fit for everybody. Uh, and I just wanted to be that voice um, of, hey, you don't, you don't, you can you can do all these other things, uh, and, and it's uh, all leads to a pathway to recovery potentially for that uh, that person and so i do a multiple pathway type of show so um for example i've had people on that talk about ketamine infusion therapy um i've had a show where i talked about ayahuasca uh and and it's not just psychedelics that i talk about it's cognitive behavioral therapy it's um you know any any avenue that works for you. Like tomorrow I'm actually, uh, I, I'm filming an episode, uh, for these guys, uh, with the men of Nehemiah, which is a faith-based, uh, outreach, uh, with a little military vibe to it. So it's just any kind of Avenue or, or even like, uh, I'm sure you're Brett, you're probably familiar with Austin street, uh, shelter. So yeah. I'll have somebody on from there. Or I'll have somebody on from the 24-hour club. Uh, or I'll just have a mom that's in recovery uh, that works for the Phoenix, uh, which is an outreach program, which is a sober, active community. So, um, you know, it's just, it's funny because I never run out of guests that are, or so far. It's just. Uh, oh, and, and you never will. Yeah. I mean, there's. Yeah. I can't remember what the stats are. I wish I wish Ashley was on here to to tell us, but she has a stat on how many people there are in recovery, and it's millions. But yeah. I can't tell you exactly how many off the top of my head. She's the one that's good with all of her numbers the and stats. Stuff. Yeah, I think it's like twenty three million people. Jason, the important question is: Have you eaten? No. <laughs> has your p- has your pizza arrived? It has arrived. Oh, there we go. There we go. Yep. <laughs> and I had to fight the dogs off. Yeah, I, want- I muted. I muted you because we could hear them a little bit. 
<laughs> they wanted they wanted some. I said no. <laughs> the old pepperoni. <laughs> Dude, that's funny. It's funny you said that because this one time, my uh, my sponsor and his wife were on like a holiday, a Christmas like group video chat thing, and I think she had had a few, and then <laughs> she grabbed. <a laughs> I don't think she realized it, but she had the dog treats by her. And she popped a pepperoni in her mouth. And then everybody got quiet and they're all like looking at each other and stuff. And she's never lived it down. We always give her shit. Oh, for, that's funny. We're always like, hey, are those for you or are those for the dog? You know, we just give shit. It's fun. Right on. Well, so Jason, while you're on. I what let's hear about because I mean maybe some people that are tuning in from my audience. Uh, what's what's the show you do? Uh, it's the Way Out Podcast. Okay, and it's we got 319 episodes currently published. Uh, and to your point, never run out of guests, never run out of things to talk about or to learn about, and uh, we really try to hit it from every angle you can imagine. You know, we try to welcome all different types of voices whether it's you know different pathways to recovery or if it's from the family side or from the justice side or you know the legislative side mm -hmm. like we got we've had interviews with so many amazing people from all different walks of life that just really broaden my horizons and my all right give me give me one give me one of the top 10 Okay, well, this is a personal. Oh, I think uh, I know. Favorite. I think I know the answer to this one. But uh, so when I was looking at 111 months in prison for my meth bust <clears throat> that I got caught with, it was a uh, it was scary time, and I was pretty much totally fully expecting to go to prison. I was already looking into what kind of programs they had. I was going to try to make it as much of like a positive, like learning opportunity as I could. And I was all ready. And, uh, but I had been hitting it hard with the recovery and I had met a lot of people in the rooms and a lot of people wrote letters on my behalf. And most of those letters were from people that I never would have guessed would have did it. Um, <laughs> so on my sentencing date, after a year and a half of court dates, that judge came out like 20 minutes late. She had us all waiting forever. And I was like, what is going on? And she came out and she had a fist full of letters and tears in her eyes. And she was like, Mr. Dean, I'm not going to lock you up with all the good that you're doing in the community. Um, these letters are powerful. And she was like, so I'm going to throw you a lifeline here. And so she gave me a pretty unique sentence as like a it was a downward departure but it's only contingent if i like complete all of my sentencing without any you know like same or similars or whatever any violations and i mean i i got sentenced to like 20 years probation with all that time over my head and I think I'm like five years, five years and some change into that sentence. Now, uh, a year into it, not even a year into it, I had met all of the uh, 
things that, or I did all the things that I had to do, you know, like I checked all the boxes and stuff pretty quickly. And, but yeah, it was like cool. Cause then a guy who does tragedy to triumph, Aaron Lane is his name. He's it's another podcast tragedy to triumph. He had the judge from his drug court on. And I listened to that episode and I was like inspired. And I'm like, I wonder what judge street would say if I asked her to be on my podcast. And uh-huh. she said, yes. So I, there's an episode it's called, I believe in you with judge Diana street. Wow. And we got to talk about, you know, the, the things surrounding my case, but then it was cool too. Cause we talked a lot just about her job and her life. Like I got to yeah. learn about her life sure. uh, coming up as a kid and like, how did you get it? become a judge like how does that even happen and you know and then to hear about just the day in and day out of a the life of a judge you know it was a it was a super cool uh opportunity to be able to learn all about her and get to know her better so i'm gonna have to go back and watch it yeah it was was super kick-ass dude well let's throw it around the room brett besides me being on your show and (laughs) yeah that was a best (laughs) Obviously, obviously, Kelly's was was my my favorite episode. Obviously, um, I'm gonna have to go the sentimental route too, as as Jason did. So there's an episode that I did, oh, probably about a year and a half ago, where I interviewed my wife and we discussed what it's like to be married to someone in recovery because she's a normie. Um. I would say that's probably one of my favorite episodes just to hear some of the questions because I feel like she got kind of vulnerable and, you know, talked about having those thoughts of like, like some, some worry about what if I go back out or cause, cause we met after I was in recovery. So she's never seen me in active. She's years. never right. Yeah. So she's heard stories and, you know, she listens to, I don't think she listens to all of my episodes, but she's listened to some and, you know, she has an idea of, of what it's like, but she's never seen it firsthand. Uh, so I know that there's definitely some anxiety there that she worries about, like, what happens if I go back out and that kind of stuff. And then just talking about seeing some of the patterns in my life, you know, being able to see still some of those addictive tendencies as far as, like, getting hyper-focused on things and, like, Picking take, up hobbies, and taking just, apart that VCR. Yeah, yeah, just all that, <laughs> kind of, all that kind of stuff, man. Like I still have those tendencies to just like hyper focus on on different hobbies and pastimes and stuff. So I think that was probably one of my favorite episodes. Right. What about you, Kelly. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, to be honest, I was I was trying to think if I just had one. Um, and I can't really nail it, but but what I really do appreciate about the podcast is I'll just do I'll, I'll put a podcast out there and it'll be, you know, just somebody random from some walk of life. And then I'll I'll just I'll, I will think to myself, I'll go, eh, nobody's listening to this. Nobody heard that. And then I'll go then I'll hear like I'll get a DM like three weeks later and somebody will go. Oh, that episode with that so and so on it, and I was like, "Oh wow, somebody's actually listening, man!" <laughs> you know. Uh, so to me, it's just I I, I don't know. I, I I would love to do that idea is have my wife on 
because uh, <laughs> we would have to definitely do some uh, some co uh, some uh, some uh, post production on it. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it, it's. I think it's better for. I like with the episode I did with my wife. I I did very little editing. Like I basically just kind of cleaned up the audio and. Obviously, there were like some 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 moments where she like paused to think about what her answers were and stuff. So I just kind of like cleaned it up and made it a little bit more cohesive. But I think it's good just to have that kind of raw, real emotion, like real reaction to questions. Because I I before we did it, like I sat down and I I I gave it some thought and like put some questions on the on a piece of paper and i didn't show her what my questions were going to be because i wanted that genuine reaction of like what she thought what she felt like sure you didn't want to so, have it scripted yeah exactly and i i that, that i mean that's how i do all my episodes though like i don't really do a lot of prep work as far as like wanting to re-record segments and stuff like i want it to be real and raw and vulnerable so that's kind of what i go for right totally okay. And it's way better production value than my podcast. Oh, thanks, man. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, okay, so I have a fun game that I like to do on my podcast. Uh, every once in a while, I like to throw this out there. Okay? And you guys can you can you guys can do we need some music or anything? No, no, it's just a fun. (laughs) It's just a fun question to ask. Uh, Like at the end of the podcast, I'll go okay. So if you could be God, right, or you could be your higher power, what one thing would you change? Go. (laughs) Did everybody fall asleep? No, no, I'm still here. I'm thinking. Thinking. <laughs> <laughs> it's a hard one, right? It's like it is. It's mm. a good one. Well, if y'all need time to think, well, no, oh, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna give my answer because that I already have mine. So, but I got to pre-think about it. So, oh, we I don't want to. We got an answer. Yours. Tiff okay. in the comments answered her her answer for the question. Okay, there would be no wars. I like that. I mean, there's no wrong answer. There's just an answer that might make you look like an asshole. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You saying like a selfish? Four, no, four I'm just day, kidding. I'm kidding. Four day weekends. Four day weekends. There you go. Yeah. I like it. I like it. But I still want to make the same amount of money. <laughs> well, dude, uh, I think they have that in the UK. Well, but you you might have a, tra- a traveling problem. Though. Damn it! Your visa might be. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a I don't have a passport, travel, and I don't right. think they would give me one. Right. Mm. <clears throat> Not Man. yet, anyway. That's a tough question. I don't even know mm. which route to go because I feel like there's so many ways that you. There can is. Dude, my first thought was like of Miss America pageants <laughs> when they go, world I peace. would wish for world peace. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of where my mind went. And then it was like, oh, <laughs> in, in world hunger, like all these big things. I'm like, I don't know what it would be, man. That's a tough question. I'll, I'll give you some more time to think. But for me, it would be simple. It would be to... Um, to have a greater understanding of your purpose. So to for <laughs> humankind 
to have a greater understanding of what their purpose is, because that's really what we're all trying to figure out, I think. Hmm. Uh, now, Brett, this is where you use your beard to your advantage. You use it to think. Mm. Mm. Yes. Mm. Red beard. Burl <laughs> oh, alive. Still, still trying to think of. Still trying to think of my answer, though. I'd... Well, you can come back to it. We don't have to. Yeah. We don't have to derail the show for it. <laughs> but <laughs> it's fun to do, right? Fun food for thought. We get squirreled out on this show a lot. <laughs> Random squirrel moments. Gotcha. It's good. Ding, 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 ding. ding. Should, we, uh, <laughs> should we open up the phone line, see if anybody wants to call in? I would love to. Yeah. Do a little, do a little live phone action. There we go. Is that your personal number? Uh, that is a Google <laughs> Voice number. <laughs> so don't so don't call Brett up late at night and ask him what he's wearing. Uh, I put it on <laughs> Do Not Disturb when we're not doing the show. So oh, there we go. Call I like away. I, I literally will not see or hear it. So right, you'll just when you log in, you'll be like, "Oh, there's voicemails." Exactly, and that might be a good way for people to. Uh, like call the show and leave messages like you were talking about on the way out like yeah that's what forward. exactly we did we we have a we have that voicemail line and it's funny because we no matter how explicitly we tell people it's a voicemail line they still think they can like call in live so they want to know like what time is it at like what's the window of opportunity <laughs> when i can call i'm like you can call whenever you want mm. Yeah, and you have three minutes to talk. And if it cuts you off, just call back and leave another three minute. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had to play a couple voicemails in a row for some people, for sure. Mm-mm-mm. Where's our callers at? Can't believe Carl hasn't called in yet. Yeah, right. Carl on a hot date. He was on there. He was in the comments earlier. I know. Well, so like Jason, what do you find yourself? Because it sounds like you have a really, uh, you know, a super accountability built in to your program with the uh, sentence hanging over your head. But do you feel like? I mean, is there ever a point where you? Oh man, maybe I can get away with one. Nah, dude. Uh, I'll tell you right now. If, yeah. If that was even on the table, I would have jumped at it, and I wouldn't have gave two shits about my probation or time or my head or losing my kid. You know, I got two kids that I haven't seen in twenty-two years because or twenty-one years because of this. Uh, you know, my addiction and. It, yeah, did it be? Did it tear me up inside? Did it make me want to kill myself? Yeah, you know, it made me hate myself, but uh, it didn't stop me. Nothing, nothing, no consequence was ever great enough to make me stop. So, I'm just very blessed that you know, I, I kind of like you were saying earlier. I took, I took the things that I was hearing in the rooms to heart. I started to finally like follow suggestions and. I think the most important thing I ever learned in my recovery is that I don't know shit. 
So I started to really value other people's input and follow through with what they said to do, whether it made sense or I liked it or whatever. I didn't care. You know, I was just like, I'm going to try it. And then, wow, it worked, you know, and eventually you do that enough. And then you start to be able to make some pretty sound decisions on your own. And, uh, you, you, you know, along the way you start, you know, start being of service. And then, you know, through esteemable actions, you start to build self-esteem. And, uh, now I guess I just, I have this self-worth today and I don't, I don't what miss getting higher. You, what would you, okay. So what would you recommend? Cause people always hit me up, but let's go around the room. Like what, what would you guys recommend to somebody that uh, says, Hey, so-and-so, uh, you know, my son has a problem. My daughter-in-law has a problem. What would you recommend that they they do or course of action to help that person? Mm. Mm, set boundaries. Yeah, I mean, it. I always tell people it really starts with you. Like, mm -hmm. instead of thinking about what you can do to fix this person, you need to start looking at what do I need to do to make myself be okay in this moment? Because, uh, you know, the family gets sick right alongside of the addict. And um, I can't tell you, dude, how many people have called me up asking me to help their loved one. And they want me to call their loved one and stuff. And I always say, no, you know what? Here's my number. Here's my email. Yeah. You know, the ball's in their court. They could, if they reach out to me, I am a hundred percent all in for them. And I will mm -hmm. do, if they truly want to help themselves, I will go through. Well, and I think you said something key there is that they have to. And I always tell people this, I go, you cannot make somebody want sobriety. Right. You can't make somebody want it. They have to want it for themselves. And I I've, can't I've, make them do that. Yeah. I've maybe once or twice actually had the person call me. Yeah. Even though they knew I was expecting their call and that I was excited to hear from them. I was looking sure. forward to meeting them, that there was going to be no judgment and all that. You know, it's it's important to know what's yours and what's not yours. Uh, to carry and I can't carry the addict man I can't so you know I got my own life problems and shit sure. just like anybody you know I gotta carry my own stuff so it's huge it's huge to be available you know and not sometimes service is self-sacrificial sometimes service is when it's not convenient you know and to be willing to show up for people in that way is what's important most above anything else i think if because anybody that calls me baffled i think if you if they really wanted help uh you know it's not hard to find it's not you know maybe in some areas i know there's certain situations where there's areas that don't have a lot of resources available but like around here in minnesota it's the land of ten thousand treatment centers you know <laughs> You never heard right. that one before? <laughs> well, I'm from Dallas. Use it with your friends. <laughs> Feel free. <laughs> yeah. So if they, if they really wanted it, then they, they wouldn't have to try too hard in order to find help. Yeah. And, and that's a thing that gets me sometimes. It's right. like, I could sit there in literally three minutes. And even if I'm not from your area, 
a little bit of Google foo and I can pretty much do some scrolling and I can figure out what's credible place right. and what's not, you know, by looking through the comments, by mm-hmm. checking, you know, and it doesn't take much digging to figure out to, like what's, what's to, be, to be a resource broker. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm like, boom, yeah, I can send you all the links. And yeah. I, if I can do that in less than five minutes, then I don't even understand why you're calling me asking me. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'm from the other side of the country, but I'm still willing to do that for people. If that's oh, yeah. Important, you know? Yeah, for sure. I agree with what Jason said. You know, I don't I don't know what else to really add to that. I mean, like you said, we have to be at that point in our own lives where we know that we have a problem and we have to you know, we have to make that first move. We have to reach out for that help. We can't force anyone to get clean or sober like it starts with with the person. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Agreed. You got to want it for yourself, not mm-hmm. for your kids, not for your job, not for your wife, not for your husband. I mean, nothing. Not for the courts. I mean, that shit is good. That shit can get somebody in the room, you know? And they're going to be closed off and probably half in and out, not really paying much attention. But maybe they'll hear something. Maybe a seed will be planted because there's always hope for that. You know, like mm-hmm. somebody and that shit will grow. It might not grow today, but down the road, that seed will grow. You know, mm-hmm. I I really have faith and hope in that. I always do. Like I never give up on anybody. Mm-hmm. You just can't. I know a couple people today that have years clean and they're doing so much good for the community. And at one time they were in and out of the room so much that a lot of people in the rooms were pretty much like done with them. Like mm. whatever, whatever. Right. You no, know? nah, man, you can't give up on people. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I, I think I was, I was definitely felt like I was pushing my luck going to AA meetings because I was, I was, uh, you know, it, 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 I was unable to do it by myself under my own supervision. You know, <laughs> oh, the joys of doing a live show, man. Yeah, there we go. Was that was that somebody's uh, phone? Was I that a ringtone? Was, was that your know. ringtone? Was that like gun smoke or something? <laughs> what was no the it's the godfather bro. oh there we go <laughs> there we go <laughs> oh man good stuff good mm-hmm. great, great timing that's one of my sponsees actually there we go they're, they're watching the you live number. right yeah exactly. you should know that i'm on live Thursday <laughs> night. all the number on your screen sponsee yeah, what the hell? Talk to all three of us. Bastard. That's right. Yeah, we've got a we've got a real brain trust here of uh well as far as the alcohol and then were you were you uh Jason, were you a uh uh shadow people like Brett? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was no joke. Yeah, I got shit you. got really weird. It sure did. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, what am I doing? 
You know, I never even shared our live to my. I page. should. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I should have. That's whack, right? Like yeah. I should be sharing our lives. Yeah, that's Jr.'s job. Where's he at? Oh, he couldn't make it. He had something come up. Some sound therapy or a massage or something. Oh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. I'm only slightly jealous of of him. Dude, he lives in paradise now, and he's got one of those jobs that doesn't even feel like work. It's uh, awesome. That's really awesome. I'm happy for him. I fill me in. I I do not know this person. Oh, he's the creator of Recovery Revolution. Oh, okay, cool. The page has like what two hundred forty thousand people on it, or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Something crazy, and then you know he he wrote a book, the Addiction Manifesto. Boom. Ah, nice. Okay. And uh, that book is blown up. I mean, he's clearly anointed. Like, I don't know if you know people listening, you might not believe in God, but he isn't. What he's done is all been anointed by the hand of God. Like this isn't that page doesn't have two hundred forty thousand people because Jr. started the page. It's but he was a catalyst. You know that book. Half of it is like other people's stories from that page, like you know short story versions of their stories, and it's a great book. And you know the fact that he made it where even the book that it wasn't about him it was about giving people a platform in which to share their story and their voice right and the fucking book has blown up so, him, man. a lot of good sales and yeah so then he ended up getting offered a job at a costa rica recovery ah um, not that love, long ago i love costa rica so now he's like a uh, certified peer recovery specialist, but he works with vets because he, oh, wow. he's a veteran. So, and he's in paradise, dude. Yeah, Costa Rica is paradise for sure. Fucking Shout man. out Costa Rica. There's monkeys and shit there. And the cool, the coolest part, like of Costa Rica, actually, if you ever get a chance to go, the beach is cool, but it's all about like the uh the volcano the active volcano and being in the rainforest in the mountains yeah yeah completely incredible i bet which i was of course uh hammered every day i was there (laughs) (laughs) so you remember pieces of it well we gotta go there sober yeah and like sit in on a aa meeting on the beach with uh his veteran buddies or something i mean and, and we could be present all together in the moment and sober <laughs> it'd be great i also know another guy out there he did the share podcast s-h-a-i-r sharing helps addicts in recovery okay and uh omar pinto is his name he's an amazing dude he started his own coaching practice and now he he stopped doing the share podcast and now he has like a Omar Pinto coaching podcast oh, okay. or something like that. And he actually gets some of his clients to like agree to do sessions on that right. show too. So you can actually like get like a, you know, fly on the wall view right. of 
Well, like, that's what I love. I, this is a good question for you guys. What, like, I mean, as far as obviously uh, the whole anonymity thing is out the window with us, right? Right. So, but what do you, what are your thoughts on that? Like, I mean, because a lot of people think it's a conflict of interest, but I mean, to me personally, I think it's, it's cool to, uh, it's not 1939 and my job is not going to be jeopardized by me going public with that information. Mm. Um, but I understand if somebody wants to, the anonymity part, but as far as I'm concerned, uh, you know, I recovery out loud is my path. Yeah, recovery. <laughs> He's got the thing. There you go. Uh, for me, I, it's it's different strokes for different folks, and right. you know, we've actually had a guest or two on the way out that did not want their actual name. Right. published on the episode or said in the episode uh and they were amazing episodes you know it's totally cool with me man if you don't want to be right you know tagged in the social media posts or sure have your name out there um but yeah you know it's it's individual but it's i mean do you think it's, do you think there is like as far as us doing podcasts do you think there there's some kind of self-promotion you know whereas that goes against the rooms sure could be but yeah. i think that depends on your heart and i like, agree for me it ain't about me you know right this is trying to reach one and teach one man like help the newcomers out there and maybe there's people that have been sober for years that are white knuckling it and they're fucking miserable man and they don't even know why they're sober <laughs> you know like uh, you know maybe i can help somehow those types of people like find spirituality or find some kind of like peace or joy or you know like revitalize that shit you know, get them out of the white knuckle. Because yeah. if you're white knuckling, dude, you're doing something wrong. If if you're not feeling any joy or peace or serenity, then you, right. you, there's a piece missing somewhere. Let's let's figure that out. You know. Sure. Like, well, I like what Tanya just said as far as the stigma, because it does suck that that stigma is still out there, yeah. and that uh, you know I'm not like proud of what I did. But I did it, and I'm not going to be ashamed of what I did because I learned from what I did, and mm -hmm. I can pass that knowledge on to other people. Absolutely. And, you know, some people do have jobs like that, to Tony's point, where it's yeah. like they have to really be careful. And uh, I think it's our, it's our responsibility to identify those things before we break somebody's anonymity, you know, like mm – -hmm. It's, it's important to understand the, you know, seriousness of that and that, you know, it's different for everybody and to address those things and otherwise to just proceed with discretion until told otherwise. Like, I'm never going to assume that, you know, I can blast your name out there sure. and, and pump your shit up unless you ask me to do it, you know, like then it's a different thing. And then if you're asking me and asking me and asking me because I didn't fucking jump right on it, dude, well, guess what? I have a job, dude. And then maybe I might think that you're trying to do some self-promotion. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? 
Right. Weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I, I mean, I'm in the same boat as you. At, well, kind of. So I had one guest that asked to be anonymous, and I did the whole episode, cut out her name, and didn't say her name in like the intro and everything. And then like the day after it aired, she's like, "No, I'm fine with using my name." So then, like, yeah, too late. So then, yeah, so then like I, too I put late, her name Becky, in the too late, Becky. Yeah. I put her name in the episode title, but then like right. the intro. I'm talking about today's guest wants to be anonymous, and I have my dad calling me. He's like, "You put her name on the show and you, <laughs> in the intro. You said it was anonymous." I was like, "Well, she messaged back, and I just didn't re-record the intro because it was already <laughs> it had already been out for a day." Like, well, right? Uh, yeah. But to Weird. the anonymity, like the personal anonymity thing, um, and I and this might just be my own understanding, but when I'm on a podcast or I'm on the live stream, like I don't ever say what program i'm a part of mm -hmm. yeah. um like i don't ever endorse a specific recovery sure. pathway mm -hmm. and i i don't know i guess like jason said every situation is different but like my employer knows that i'm in recovery um i kind of messed up in the job interview he asked something about <laughs> he was asking like what some of my hobbies were and I was like oh I I do a podcast this and that and he's like oh I'm a huge podcast fan what's your podcast and, uh -huh. and I was like oh well I guess I got to tell him now because then right. I can be like well it's a secret yeah uh, you can't know <laughs> I, can't, I can't tell you that my jeopardize uh, and then, and then your he he went and found my thoughts? episode where I shared my story ah. And, oh shit! And then, like, uh, at my at, like my final interview, he brought it up. He's like, "I listened to your story." I was like, "Oh, oh shit!" And he's like, and, "And by the way, you're hired." It's like, "Okay, cool. Now cool. we can talk about it." <laughs> right? You know, when you started talking, Brett, and you were saying like he asked what some of your hobbies were. I thought you were going to say you responded, "Oh, you know, I used to smoke meth." Or something <laughs> like that. No, my hobby, his hobbies are taking apart VCRs. Yeah, late at night. <laughs> yeah. yeah fucking vcrs uh, you know i just put some stuff in stores the other day and i had one of the things was a send it to brett man forehead vcr <laughs> and a couple boxes of really kick-ass movies uh that are on vhs i was like shit to digital man fucking <laughs> dude. No. no i will um, not do that brett come on <laughs> i'm just kidding it's probably smart, actually, because they're good movies. Otherwise, you just go buy them again. I don't know. It probably costs money to convert to digital, too. So, And they're probably already out there. Man. Chances are. Yeah. Well. Well, well, well. Well, well. Nobody wants to call us. I guess not, man. I guess yeah. not. Not even Carl, who was watching, and he told me earlier that he was going to call in and talk to Kelly, and now he's radio silent. I texted him, too, and he hasn't even opened my text. Wow. <laughs> what a friend. Well, he might... Uh... Throw him under the bus. <laughs> he might uh, be enjoying uh, another's company. Yeah, he did mention that he was on a date. So, there, yeah, yeah, probably not great. to be like, hey, give me just a, a minute. I'm going to step out and call this live stream on Facebook. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> right? That's funny. <laughs> but I, I got to make a call. Are. I see where his priorities are. How long have you How long have you known this person, Carl? Like three days? 
<laughs> Come on. Well, I appreciate you guys having me on, man. And then, like, like I said, anytime I can hop on and be of service, I'd be more than happy to. Absolutely, man. And awesome, again, man. Oh yeah, the plug. This pink cloud. This, this not the. The the yeah, it's funny because I was gonna go for the, but then that URL was already taken. So I was like, well, pink cloud was taken. And then I started thinking of all the other, and I was like, this pink cloud. I was like, yeah, I like it. What what is it that you say about this pink cloud? <laughs> I dig it, man. I dig it. Hell yeah. And now I'm going to play the uh, the outro music that Jason was talking about. <laughs> oh, there we go. I don't think it's bad. I like it. I like it. Uh, thank you, everybody that tuned in tonight. If you are watching us on YouTube, please be sure to like and subscribe to the channel. Turn on your notifications so you know when we go live. And in case you guys haven't already figured it out, it's every Thursday night. Jason, you have a podcast, don't you? Yep, it's called The Way Out Podcast. It's available on all streaming platforms. Uh, we share personal, powerful recovery stories and sometimes have episodes where we unpack powerful recovery power topics to help you find or revitalize your own recovery. Nice. And then I also have my own podcast as well, Recovery Survey. I release an episode every Wednesday. Uh, a little bit of a shorter form, usually about 30 minutes or so, a little bite-sized pieces of recovery, different recovery topics, modalities, uh, all kinds of different stuff. Um, and not just drug addiction. I've done some episodes on pornography addiction, food addiction, gambling addiction, sure. you name it. I, I feel like I've talked to somebody about it and I got some more of those uh, coming up. I got a few people scheduled for some gambling and some sex addiction and some, some other topics. So uh, be sure to subscribe to that as well. You can find it on all your major podcasts. All right, players. Brett, while you got it up there, dude, what the hell's going on with your logo? Uh, that's a Phoenix. Is that a Phoenix? But it looks like it has multiple eyes and uh, those are like feathers. Peacock kind of it's thing. It's trippy, you know? dude. Yeah, I know. Thanks, man. I like it. Yeah. I love my go. shirt. Oh, thanks. It's badass. It's a I real head turner, bro. I appreciate it, man. Uh that is the the second rendition of my logo, the did original. Did you design ones. it? I did. Nice, dude. Look at thanks, that. Man. Wow. Yeah. A skill set we didn't know you had. You drew that shit? I didn't draw the actual Phoenix. No, I didn't draw that. But you did the. Uh, I put it all together. Rendering of it, right? Yes. It's the still di dope. the digital rendering. Correct. That's that is not the. That's not exactly what it looked like when I found when I got that image. <coughs> cool. Yeah, thanks, man. I yeah, like yeah. I like to dabble, you know. Do a little graphic design here and there. I'm not the best at it, but you know, it's a fun little hobby. I kind of dabble in all kinds of stuff, man. Awesome. Well, we uh we appreciate everybody that tuned in tonight. Uh and then we we uh stay stay tuned on the Facebook page because we're not sure uh exactly what 
we're going to be doing next week since next Thursday is Thanksgiving. I don't know if we're going to try to do it on the Wednesday before Thanksgiving or the Friday after Thanksgiving. We're still trying to figure that out. And we should probably also talk to our guest and see what her availability is. Um, Yeah. I did see her her in the comments earlier on YouTube. So um, we'll be in contact with her in the next couple days. And I'm sure we'll make some posts on social media letting you guys know what the plan is for that. Because we're going to take Thursday off, spend time with family and friends and not doing the live stream so one of those probably one of those two days either wednesday or friday but keep an eye out we will post on social media to let you guys know and we'll be back next week remember guys progress not perfection thank you again kelly for coming on man thanks hey thanks for having me on and jason i'm gonna i'll hit you up on uh i'll stalk you on social media and oh yeah and follow and follow all your pages that's what I'm talking about, and I will do the same. For ah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. It was great. Noise! Noise! <laughs> 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 All right, good night, everybody. Night. Take care.